Bibi Fahodier, welcome to the African Liberation Media Podcast. Media solely focused on the liberation and empowerment of African people. I'm your host, Gullah Jack, aka Russell Swilly. Let's get to it. Bibi Fodier, this is African Liberation Media. I'm here with Brothers Almost and Macaroo. Today's date is January 13th, 6261. I found this off the AP Press. Rick Snyder, the ex-governor of Michigan, is about to be arrested for his role in poisoning the majority city of Flint, Michigan. Okay, let's go back and look at the chronology. Deep cuts were made in city services he took the city off the pure water of Lake Huron and made residents drink from the dirty Flint River. As we sit here in real time, 10,000 of Flint kids, the majority black, now have permanent brain damage. This was indeed a race crime that they covered up. We say a BB for Hodier with the hopes of keeping this concept alive for future generations. This is the latest coming out of Flint, Michigan. Yeah, it's called uh, environmental white supremacy, formerly called environmental racism. And, uh, you know, it's a crisis in several places, uh, most notably uh, Cancer Alley in uh, Louisiana where you have all of these petrochemical companies that have poisoned the water, poisoned the soil, and you have uh, African people with uh, high incidence of various types of cancers uh, as a result of uh, these uh, uh, petrochemical plants uh, and the, the pollution from them being in close proximity to the black community and I'm sure you could probably go through every state and find something similar. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm, you know, horrified at the number of deaths and cancer-related that have been occurring in my old Hamlet neighborhood down in Florida. And many of the descendants of the wrecked ship Cotilda have complained about the outbreaks of cancer because of the chemical plants in close proximity to where they live. You know, suffice it to say, we are attacked on every level. Habibi Fahodier, African family. Many of us know that over the past week, a lot has transpired that led to social media censoring and eventually suspending the president's account and the reasons that they gave for doing this for suspending the account was that the tweets that he posted could be interpreted by certain people as a green light to commit acts of violence um this is a very a very slippery slope as it pertains to people being censored an attack on the First Amendment or freedom of speech. And this will ultimately 
find its way in in many cases it already has but it's going to find its way to potentially even what we do here at African Liberation Media uh, we feel as though from the beginning we've been shadow banned on Facebook and shadow banning is where they allow your page to exist but they limit the people that can actually view your content so that whatever message that you're spreading uh, doesn't hit the mainstream. But eventually, they may even kick us off of the platform. And by being able to do this to the president, not because of an actual statement or words that call for violence, but their interpretation not of just of what he said, but their interpretation of how some people might take it is um, an attack on the constitutional rights that people have uh, within this domain here in the United States. The thing that social media and other big tech companies are doing is many of these companies for one, are companies that are ran by people who consider themselves to either be liberal or consider themselves to be uh, supporters of the Democratic Party. And also, many of them are controlled by the deep state or the government. So in the case of this presidential election, you had Facebook, Google. We know that Facebook deleted a lot of accounts of people who were putting out things that may have been pro Donald Trump. And they promoted a lot of accounts and posts that were pro Joe Biden. And they also protected Joe Biden by deleting Instagram and Facebook, protected Joe Biden by deleting stories that were linked to Hunter Biden and his laptop fiasco and his business dealings with China. So social media has a way of picking and protecting and promoting the candidates that they want to win. Uh, I know there was Google that was found to be sending out reminders on their platform to people who were Democratic voters, but removing those reminders for people who were Republican voters. And when you operating a company or a media platform like these platforms, really you should be bipartisan uh, when it comes to when it comes to this. But the dangerous part about that is that it has a significant influence on the outcome of elections. And it's not just happening in this country now. It was reported just this just this week that in Uganda, Facebook was actually shutting down the pages that were linked to the Ugandan government ahead of the presidential election. So right now there, there's an election going on in Uganda where President Yoweri Museveni uh, is running against Bobby Wine. Uh, Museveni is 76 years old and Bobby Wine is 38 years old. So 
80 percent of the population in uganda is in their 30s so a lot of the younger people identify with him even though he's a promoter of things that the westerners feel comfortable with like homosexuality and all of these things so facebook shut down the pages of the government and government officials in uganda in efforts to help promote this candidate bobby wine and this is how they interfere with and influence these elections they are people here always talk about foreign inter interference in elections this is what they talked about since 2015 with russia um here it says that facebook said it closed the accounts which included some run by the ministry of information and communication as well as the personal accounts of the government officials because they were part of a network that was working together to target pop star turned politician bobby wine the 38 year old opposition leader is closing in on president yoeri Museveni who has been in power since 1986. During Museveni's 35 years in office, the infamous kill the bay, excuse me, kill the gays bill, up the penalty for homosexuality from life in prison to death. Now, for those of you who know about the history of this kill the gays, this so-called kill the gays bill, it was not a kill the gays bill. Um, from my understanding of this, this was actually directed towards men who were raping boys. Mm. So it was actually a, a uh, focus on pedophilia. But what the Westerners did is because these men were raping boys, they considered it that the government is trying to kill homosexuals. And they called it the kill the gays bill. Uh, at, you know, as a way to promote propaganda because they're trying to get East Africa and the entire African continent to accept homosexuality. Now, when this immediately came out, I sent this out to a few people. And the first thing that I said was that if I was in Uganda and I was a president, I would ban all of the social media networks right now. You see, this is the difference between sovereignty and then being in a country where you're just susceptible to what happens right now in the united states the president of the united states is banned from these social media networks and there's really nothing that he can do about it in uganda it only took two days for museveni to get the ugandan government to contact all of service providers and instruct them to ban all of these social media networks until after the election so i have to say that for me that's a positive because it shows that number one Museveni is not going to allow these big tech platforms to influence the election and number two, it shows that when you're your own country as an African, then you can decide what happens and what takes place in regards to um, this type of situation. Now, this is not saying that 
you know, Mussolini has been correct on everything or that he doesn't have white alliances or anything like that. Because I'm pretty sure there's some other areas that will show that. But just this specific situation, it shows that he was able to use the power that he has to stop and thwart these big tech companies from influencing Uganda's election. So I thought that that was a positive and I just wanted to point that out and say that what we're seeing happen is more likely going to take place all around the world because we Facebook and a lot of these big tech companies are global platforms. Now you have WhatsApp that's changing its uh, security policy to where now they're going to be sending your information to Facebook. And a lot of people have left WhatsApp and signed up for Signal and Telegram. Um, I believe there's a, a black platform called Sub Africa that you can sign up for that's similar to WhatsApp. But it's going to come a time where everything is going to be, um, if, if it's not already, everything is, is already controlled and monitored in a way that nothing can get out without their approval. Anything that you say that they don't like, they're going to censor it, take it down, or they're pretty much just going to ban you off of these platforms. Yeah, I definitely expect that uh, African Liberation Media is, you know, one of their targets whenever they decide that they want to shift the focus from the, the right wing, you know, to us as we, uh, you know, begin to hone in on the uh, policies of Biden, which we already know are going to be a disaster. Uh you know, one of the things that, so this uh, entertainer, I, I've never heard of her. Her name is Carrie Hilson. I, I have no idea who she is. Uh, but she, she, she put out a tweet, and the tweet was in defense of the First Amendment or in, or in defense of uh, free speech. And she mentioned that something to the effect that if you could do this to the president of the United States, the quote-unquote so-called most powerful man in the world, then you can do it to anyone. And a lot of our people who are just, you know, totally caught up in the throes of Eurocentric, fragmented thinking and myopia, um, they just, uh, they, 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 they totally missed the point that she was making and started... Uh, criticizing, you know, the people who were defending her by saying, why are y'all defending Trump? <laughs> I mean, you know, our short, you know, short-sightedness or nearsightedness or narrow-mindedness is just, just quite amazing. Uh, but the New York Times wrote a wrote an editorial or, or an article in their technology section about what this indicates in terms of a power shift. Now, the, the thing, the, the First Amendment you know, protects free speech uh, supposedly against the government, right? But private companies, you know, as we've seen uh, colleges and universities ban various speakers for whatever reason, uh, you know, they don't operate by the same laws. And that was that was one of the things 
Trump Trump uh, wouldn't sign the uh, defense bill because uh, it had it has these protections in it for these uh, social media companies. Uh, you know, this is something he should have been attacking really from day one, from the time he got in office. It, this guy is so politically unsophisticated; it's un, it's unbelievable. Um, and I was listening to Chris Hedges and Jimmy Dore uh, tonight. And both of them are saying Trump has laid the groundwork, but sooner or later, someone that's really articulate and charismatic and and is intelligent is going to rise up out of that uh, far right. And when they do, (laughs) you know, you you don't see the collapse of Wimar. America and the rise of, you know, national socialism in, in, in the United States because they, they, there's no opposition to fight these people in the streets. Uh, the Communist Party fought the Nazis for years and actually won, you know, 10, 12 percent of the vote uh, at different periods of time. But the Social Democrats were more more concerned about communism than they were about Nazism. So they aligned themselves with the Nazis and, you know, the devastating uh, impact it had on the world and on uh, Germany uh, speaks for itself. But I want to read something from that article. The article says, we understand the desire to permanently suspend him now. Kate Ruan, a lawyer for the uh, ACLU, wrote in a statement on Friday but it should, it should concern everyone when companies like Facebook and Twitter wield the unchecked power to remove people from platforms that have become indispensable for the speech of billions, especially when political realities make those decisions easier. Above all, Mr. Trump's muzzling provides a clarifying lesson, lesson in where power resides in our digital society not just in the precedent of law or the, uh, of checks and balances of government, but in the ability to deny access to platforms that shape our public discourse. Mr. Dorsey and Mr. Zuckerberg's names have never appeared on a ballot, but they have an authority, they have a kind of authority that no elected official on earth can claim. And so this is basically, you know, what you have come to and people were alarmed about the quote-unquote fascism of Donald Trump and you know what is this what is this I mean even though it's not coming from the government it's coming from the private sector but nevertheless it is an attack on free speech and quite frankly in this in this pandemic where we can't get together and hold meetings and uh, you know uh, you know bring you know have you know speakers and hold mass meetings and even celebrate Kwanzaa, you know, we are dependent on these, you know, Zoom and Skype and and these social media networks uh, to communicate. And I think they realize that. And it's, uh, you know, they, 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 the focus right now is on the far right, but it's just a matter of time before it turns, you know, towards us, Uh, which, you know, which which leads me to, uh, you know, the next thing that uh, happened, uh, today in the um, the day being uh, uh, Wednesday, January 13th, 
what happened in the uh, United States House of Representatives, and that is Donald Trump became the first president to be impeached twice, and uh, he was uh, impeached for inciting a, a riot, uh, quote unquote. Uh, I guess they they used they didn't use the H. Rap Brown law on him, but it was sort of like that. I think there are a couple of things to understand about the reaction. If Trump's minions had marched through the uh, black community, let's say they had marched through Northwest D.C. and destroyed and attacked Howard University, do you think Donald Trump would be banned by these social media networks if that had happened? No way. No way. It would not have happened. Mm -hmm. It happened because they were not anticipating or I think some of them had to be anticipated because I think there has to be some complicity on the inside for, for these people to be able to do what they were able to do. Now, exactly. But to your if, point, if, before, if, you, before you go, what you said is exactly right because now they feel like they can be touched. See, Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell both had their homes vandalized. And they both were in favor of Donald Trump being impeached because now both of them feel that they can personally be touched. Yeah, that's definitely one variable. Uh, the personal effects. Uh, this man's on the verge of uh, dismembering the Republican Party. Of, and these people, you know, this is probably... Uh, not as consequential to the power structure. We were talking about Mark Zuckerberg, who given Trump tons of money, I understand. And, of course, the uh, the Republican-based government was on the verge of levying an antitrust suit against Zuckerberg. You know, uh, you can't trust Donald Trump. He thought he could. And uh, perhaps this is a way to retaliate. But when these uh, Republicans broke in, they... You know, spreads feces on the wall, uh, call officers the N-word, beat cops with the flag, you know, the same flag that they were upset about uh, the, when Colin Kaepernick took a, uh, took a knee. It's just bad optics. I didn't know, he, I didn't know it, Zuckerberg gave Trump money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, and uh, like I said, they, they, they had planned on filing an antitrust suit against Zuckerberg, much to his uh, chagrin. Uh, I mean, everywhere there are contradictions. You know, in my, it was a gift to the Democratic Party, who's also inept, just like the Republican Party of McConnell and Reagan and you fill in the blank would like to get, a, get rid of Trump. You know, the Democrats need to get rid of Hillary Clinton. You know, same type of cancer on uh, on these two particular parties. Actually, you know, we need five parties, a particular party that legitimately work uh, uh, supports the interest of uh, working people. You know, my last point related to this is that uh, you know it's historically been proven that the oligarchs, the power structure, would support the far right, uh, you know, versus the Communist Party or the left, uh, any so-called progressive movement. Uh, I mean, years ago, the question was raised, 
Ku Klux Klan and the U.S. government, friends or foe. You know, and there are just so many instances of the U.S. government, the Federal Bureau of Intimidation, aiding and abetting Klan activities. You know, during the days of SNCC and most recently, uh, the attack on the black community <clears throat> up in Greensboro, North, Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh, but, yeah, t- take it somewhere, brothers, you know, wherever you want to go, or, you know. Well, you know, the... the- the, the the Trump I mean the the, uh, the the Klan and you know the raw elements of the white supremacy dynamic were always uh, embedded in the local you know sheriffs and police departments of Alabama Mississippi Georgia Louisiana Florida wherever and so um, you know that that that's what made them so so devastating but what I was what I was saying was that. Trump would not have been banned if if his minions had turned their anger on the black community, which is what they were supposed to do. You know, if they if they had followed the media's uh, narrative, that's what they would have done. But a lot of people are, are still and you know, and I heard a highly intelligent uh, history of fascism professor on democracy now. You know. Say that you know this was uh, this was this was driven by race. It was driven by race. So they still they still are trying to 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 frame it in the, in the, in that context. And and I don't and I, I don't doubt that they are that there was definitely a, a, a white supremacist element, you know, among the people. I think so far, I think 170 people, I believe, have been charged. Uh, you know, by the FBI for for various crimes, FBI and local uh, local police. Uh, n- a number of people have been you know fired from their jobs, and and and, and this type of thing. Uh, Paul Jay said that uh, the sergeant at arms for the Senate was appointed by Mitch McConnell, and McConnell wants to uh, you know. Get rid of Trump as a, as as being a force within the Republican Party, so they more or less left the uh, Capitol Police totally on these people. They didn't even a lot of them didn't even have guns. The get the guys that were actually on the front lines didn't have guns, or di- didn't even have uh, nightsticks or billy clubs, <laughs> and so that you know that was. It, it was like they 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 set these guys up. They it, it was like someone wanted this to happen, and so so what you had what you had today was this uh, you know this Im- impeachment circus, and the the charges now now Jonathan Jonathan Turley who was. You know, I think a, a brilliant law professor. I think he teaches at Georgetown, and you know he's pretty much a bipartisan type of guy. I mean, this is what he wrote about the impeachment. He said uh, Democrats are seeking to remove Trump on the basis of his remarks to supporters before the rioting at the Capitol. Like others, I condemn those remarks as he gave them, calling them reckless and wrong. I also oppose the challenge to electoral votes in Congress. 
but his address does not meet the definition of incitement under the criminal code. It would be viewed as protected speech by the Supreme Court. So Congress is now seeking an impeachment for remarks covered by the First Amendment. In the, in the article that he wrote, he he quotes the exact things you know that uh, you know that, that that Trump said. I mean, it, it, there's no doubt that Trump uh, certainly. Uh, you know, was a mobilizer. He certainly mobilized, you know, his uh, his forces to come there. Uh, but in terms of actually inciting riot, you have to say, well, he said this, and this is the way they interpreted it. But the real purpose of the impeachment is was, was actually uh, they, they could come up with any charges they wanted. What what they wanted to do was use the 14th Amendment, which was uh, written uh, primarily by the radical Republicans, mm-hmm. uh, Thaddeus Stevens, Charles Sumner, and others, you know, the most uh, pro-justice uh, legislators in the history of this country, in my opinion, and all of them were white. Um, they, they, they put a clause in the 14th Amendment and I think they did this primarily because of, of Andrew Johnson, who uh, did everything he could to thwart their efforts to uh, punish those people who had rebelled against the Union. And um, so they, they put this clause in there that, that uh, if, if you are convicted in a, in a trial, you can be permanently disqualified from ever holding office again. And so a lot of people think that for that reason, because of, of the fear now that Lindsey Graham and McConnell and all these other people have of Trump, that there's a good possibility that whenever Nancy Pelosi decides to send the article of impeachment over to the Senate, that it could pass. Uh, I think they need a supermajority in order to pass it. Uh, and so that, you know, that you know that will that 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 will be interesting to see how that plays out because they have this fear that uh, Trump could reemerge and run again in uh, 2024, depending on how many legal charges and financial issues you know he might have, and you know can they buy him out and you know uh, you know give him a home in England somewhere or Scotland, you know who knows, but you know that's that's what you know that's what. Uh, the the circus in the House of Representatives, you know, was was about today. Um, the other thing that uh, that they are uh, that they have to be concerned about uh, when you look at this language, when you look at the language that has been used on CNN and MSNBC, the way they describe these people that attacked uh, Capitol Hill has almost always been reserved for us. <laughs> they, or, 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 you know, or perhaps, you know, people of uh, the Islamic faith, they, they, they didn't hesitate to call them rioters, looters, uh, terrorists. Uh, you hear the language, you know, it was an attempted coup. Uh, you know, it was an insurrection. And it was, it was, it was none of that. It was, right. it, you know, it was, no, I mean, if, the, if, if these people actually, you know, were, we're trying to overthrow the government, but believe me, with, with all of the, if we just use Trump, you know, just because of his name, uh, all of the people in on 
in law enforcement and in the U.S. military who are pro-Trump. And, you know, so so now a lot of this is coming out. They found the police officers from New York, Philadelphia, Seattle, a number of other cities from around the country were present. Some of them were inside the Capitol, firefighters inside the Capitol. Uh, there was a, a, a captain, uh, a, a psyops uh, officer from Fort Bragg, led 100 people from North Carolina uh, to the Capitol. And, you know, she said she went as a civilian, but the Army is investigating her. And the Joint Chiefs are now asking all of the uh, uh, commanders at various bases to investigate and see. See, this is the real problem, because they've seen this once in their history. Mm-hmm. Robert E. Lee, Stonewall Jackson, Jeb Stewart, Braxton Bragg, all of these guys were officers in the United States military. And they abandoned the U.S. military to fight for a cause they believe in. What's to say that the guys who are in the military today won't do the same thing? I'm telling you, they haven't seen anything yet. But here's the problem for this country at this particular moment. And it's not that I have any pity. I mean, listen, if Mitch McConnell and Nancy Pelosi were up there pissing in their pants, when those people ran in, then I say good. I mean, these are the same people who have voted uh, for war after war after war, who have voted for uh, to fund coups that led to assassinations. They have voted to sanction countries, resulting in uh, in Iraq, for example, during the 1990s, 500,000 children dying. If these corrupt criminal people were scared, shaking in their boots, pissing in their pants, then I say good. Not that I support, you know, any kind of uh, <laughs> the people who were doing it, but if that if that if that was one of the results of it, then 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 it, then in, then in my opinion it was good. But the problem is the, the the way things are playing out is that what you have in this country right now is a raging fire and they would like to turn part of the fire on us. Mm-hmm. You have two fire departments, and both of them are adding fuel to the fire. And you have a a political fossil about to be, you know, installed as president. This man has no moral fortitude or intellectual aptitude to be able to handle a crisis, uh, you know, even remotely in the context of uh, Lincoln. In the uh, during the Civil War, or, or even John F. Kennedy during the Cuban Missile Crisis. So this country is up the creek with no paddle. It was mentioned uh, years ago uh, during the inception of Trump's uh, political surge that he was the middle finger pointed at both establishments of the uh, duopoly. Uh, the Republicans found themselves in a situation, unlike the Democratic Party with superdelegates, they had less mechanisms inside the party to stop the ascendancy of Trump uh, vis-a-vis of Bernie Sanders. You know, there were superdelegates and all kinds of uh, obstructionist uh, barriers mm-hmm. to right. prevent a most popular Sanders Mm-hmm. Uh, who identified many of the same variables that led to this uh, 
desire to uh, move beyond the status quo and to deal with legitimate issues, legitimate demands. Right, right. You know, we're talking about Medicare for all. We're talking about the end of NAFTA, mm -hmm. attention given to the working class. But uh, this yeah. has been the African Liberation Media. Uh, we operate and think contrary to the dominant ideology, the prevailing notions, and the conventional wisdoms to give you a more intelligent insight as to you know, what's happening out there in larger society as well as in the African community. Until next week, BB48. 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 Power or the lack of power. I want to repeat this. Power or the lack of power. If your education in this institution is not about gaining real power, not jobs, because your jobs do not represent power. Not getting elected, that does not represent power either. You are buying your houses and fine clothes does not represent power either. If it is not about real power, you are being miseducated and misled, and you will die educated and misled. If your study of black history is merely an exercise in feeling good about yourself, then you will die feeling good. The study of history then must be more than the pumping up of your self-esteem and the bumping up of your pride. Those things are important, but ultimately those things are not the means by which we will save ourselves as people in this world.